0: Israel declaring war on terrorist group Hamas after an unprecedented attack.
1: The United States stands with Israel.
0: How are the world's strongest powers responding to the move made by a staunch American ally? Fentanyl, the Ukraine war, and fair trade. U.S. senators raising all three issues during a rare meeting with the Chinese Communist Party leader in Beijing.
2: We made clear we don't think that level playing field exists right now.
0: What's next for U.S.-China relations? A new report exposing decades of Chinese funding in New York politics. An investigation reveals China's state propaganda department has been funneling hundreds of thousands or more into Empire State candidates for office. Once a global growth engine, now a no-go zone. What's scaring Wall Street sharks away from China? Welcome to China In Focus, I'm Tiffany Meyer. A new war breaking out in the Middle East, where almost half of the world's oil gets pumped. Israel, a key U.S. ally, has come under a surprise attack. What does the onslaught say about the U.S.-China power competition in the area, and how is Beijing involved? Here's more.
3: A new conflict putting the world on alert. Palestinian terrorist group Hamas on Saturday firing thousands of rockets toward Israel, America's staunchest ally in the Middle East.
4: Citizens of Israel, we are at war, not in an operation or in fighting rounds, but at war.
3: The rockets devastated parts of Israel, burning cars and damaging houses.
1: This is Israel's 9-11, and Israel will do everything to bring our sons and daughters Back home.
3: The attack killed at least 900 in Israel. The country taking on its revenge on Hamas by pounding airstrikes, killing over 500 Palestinians. The U.S. is sending its most advanced aircraft carrier and other warships to support Israel. In this moment
4: of tragedy, I want to say to them and to the world and to terrorists everywhere, that if the United States stands with Israel, we will not ever fail to have her back.
3: Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen posting on X, formerly Twitter, expressing her condolences to the victims of the attack. Israel's embassy in China also posting on X, voicing hope for support and aid from Beijing. The Chinese foreign ministry said it's concerned about the escalation and hopes to see a ceasefire. China didn't condemn Palestine. While visiting Beijing, U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer urged Chinese leader Xi Jinping to stand with Israel.
2: We also, a bunch of us, made the request that China use its influence on Iran to not allow the conflagration to spread.
3: How are China and Iran involved in this? Here's a breakdown. Israel and Palestine are deadly rivals, and Hamas is one of the terrorist organizations that controls Palestine. Israel is the single largest recipient of U.S. military financing. China, on the other hand, is doing a strategic dance. It's Israel's third largest trading partner, but has been showing support for Palestine. At the same time, China props up Iran, which sends money and weapons to Hamas. Both Iran and Hamas want to wipe out Israel. According to a 2014 report from cybersecurity website Krebs, Chinese military hackers stole sensitive information on Israel's missile defense system. And because of it, there are suspicions that China might have lent a hand to Israel's enemy.
0: A key Biden administration strategy tested by Hamas unprovoked attack on Israel. The White House has said it would focus on bringing calm to the Middle East, then focus on China. As President Biden pledges unwavering support for Israel, some Republicans are criticizing him for releasing frozen Iranian funds. Hamas and other terrorist groups could benefit from the money. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more.
4: U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Sunday that Iran has not been able to spend a single dollar of the $6 billion in funds, unfrozen in a U.S.-Iran prisoner exchange in September. The account is closely regulated by the U.S. Treasury Department, so it can only be used for things like food, medicine, uh, medical equipment. House Foreign Affairs Chief Mike McCall says he's concerned about the $6 billion in lifted sanctions. I don't think it uh, played a part in this uh, event, but it certainly could play a part in any future Terror activities. McCall and his panel's ranking Democrat, Gregory Meeks, are pushing for the immediate passage of a resolution pledging support for Israel. He says there's no time to wait with China and Iran watching and intends to get it to the floor by unanimous consent even if a speaker is not in place. And what kind of message are we sending to our adversaries? Democratic Senator Joe Matchin on X called the attack appalling and pledged commitment to Israel. Senator Chris Murphy urged lawmakers to set aside politics and show support. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise called for the Biden administration to be held accountable for what he called appeasement of Hamas terrorists. House Homeland Security Republicans said on X they are closely monitoring the situation and its implications for Homeland Security. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
0: More on the situation in Israel. India believes Chinese technology was used by Hamas to bypass Israeli defenses this weekend. NTD's Chris Spears spoke with economic and national security analyst Antonio Grossefo about the Chinese regime's role in this new war.
5: Antonio Grossefo, thank you for joining us. Chinese regime leader Xi Jinping said over the weekend that Israel should grant independence to Palestine. We know that the Chinese Communist Party there's always some kind of a, a hidden agenda behind the scenes with them. Why might it be in the CCP's advantage um, to advocate for independence of Palestine?
1: Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, in addition to calling for an independence Palestine, he's also refused to condemn these attacks on Israel over the weekend. And there's a number of reasons why China would benefit from closer ties with Palestine. Uh, this includes undermining U.S. hegemony in the region, uh, and also oil, economic interest that uh, China is trading with both Iran and Saudi Arabia, and they need Israel to be out of the picture.
5: Now we know Iran backs Hamas by providing funding and equipment. You've noted that China and Russia both bypass trade sanctions on Iran, helping them financially. Given this, how should we view China and Russia's role in the attack?
1: So theres there, there's definitely a link in that, you know China, China, Uh, underwrites the uh, Iranian regime, and the uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps of Iran is credited with having supported, Hamas credits them with having supported their invasion, helping them plan it, giving them the go-ahead. We also suspect that Chinese technology was used to breach uh, Israel's uh, defense perimeter.
5: And should the international community hold China and Russia accountable for this indirect financial assistance? And if so, What did that look like?
1: I think that's definitely going to happen. We've shown that the Ukraine war is showing that the U.S. is very willing, the international community is more willing now to use secondary sanctions. Uh, Over the weekend, I believe 25 more uh, Chinese companies were sanctioned for supporting the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And now there's going to be massive sanctions on Russian and Chinese companies that support Iran
5: and in order to prevent and stop terrorism in the middle east do you, do measures against the chinese communist party also need to be considered here
1: well it certainly needs to be considered i mean iran is known to be a state uh, sponsor of terrorism around the world and they, they export the islamic revolutionary guard corps you know, they're, they're they're present in Syria and various places around the world, also supporting Hamas, who's all over the world. So clearly, uh, you know, Iran is sponsoring these groups and they're getting a lot of their money from China.
5: And now, you know, we know China in Xinjiang targets Muslims there. Uh, but in this instance, they're supporting Muslims. Um, you know, this seems double standard. <clears throat>
1: Yes, China tries to, per, uh, to present an image to the world that they're supporting Muslims, and they've got all the Belt and Road Muslim countries uh, to basically keep quiet about what's happening in Xinjiang. Palestine is keeping quiet about what, what, what happened in Xinjiang. And so China presents themselves to the world as a friend of the Muslims, and they say that the United States is an enemy of Muslims.
5: All right, Antonio Graceffo, thank you again.
0: A rare meeting is happening in Beijing. Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping now holding talks with U.S. congressional leaders for the first time in eight years. What are the key takeaways? Let's take a closer look.
4: We have 1,000 reasons to improve China-U.S. relations and not a single reason to ruin them.
0: That's what she told U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on Monday. Schumer is in Beijing with a delegation of six senators.
4: We welcome
2: this competition. However, we cannot see conflict.
0: During the meetings, Schumer said the top goal of the delegation's visit is to seek fair trade between the two countries. He also raised issues like Chinese companies supplying chemicals for fentanyl production and China's potential support to Russia in its war against Ukraine.
2: We made clear to President Xi that America wants fairness and stability. At the foundation of the relationship must be a level playing field for American businesses and workers, as well as responsible competition. We made clear we don't think that level playing field exists right now.
0: The delegation will also visit South Korea and Japan as part of a three country tour. The trip comes as Beijing and Washington try to lay the groundwork for a possible meeting between President Biden and Xi Jinping in November. A million dollars in Chinese money reportedly greasing the wheels of New York's political system. An exclusive investigation from Newsweek is calling out cases of funding from Beijing landing in dozens of lawmakers' pockets. The report reveals decades of donations, mainly from community groups. The groups are closely linked to Beijing's United Front Work Department, which takes direct orders from the Chinese Communist Party's top body. Experts in the West accuse it of serving as a propaganda and espionage arm and of aiding Beijing's transnational repression. Here's a list of just a few that have gotten backing. Former New York senator and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton New York Congress member Grace Meng, who named a day after a Chinese businessman in her district after taking thousands in donations. The man is now facing charges for acting as a Chinese agent and helping Chinese authorities force a U.S. resident back to China against their will. As for others, New York City Mayor Eric Adams and New York Governor Kathy Hochul. The money also went to candidates for New York's city government, state assembly and senate, plus district attorney, attorney general, judges and the governor's office. Based on the findings, in the past 10 years alone, these Beijing-linked community groups spent at least $600,000. Newsweek reports that over 600 groups have links to the United Front Department in the U.S. 130 of them are based in New York. Donations from similar groups have been identified across the country. Once a market every foreign investor wanted a slice of, now a no-go zone. Times have changed and foreign businesses are thinking twice about sending people to China. Tammy Krings is chief executive of ATG Travel Worldwide. She told The Wall Street Journal that about 25% more U.S. companies canceled or delayed business trips to China in recent weeks. Dale Buckner, chief executive of U.S. security firm Global Guardian, told the Journal that American companies are also imposing more security measures for their employees in China, including background checks and keeping an eye on social media. That's to make sure employees don't share anything online that Beijing could deem anti-China. Those could include posts supporting pro-democracy movements in Hong Kong or speaking out against forced labor in Xinjiang. Posts like these could put employees at risk of detention in China. The sub censorship is even going as far as checking if employees have ever served in the U.S. military or have any dual nationalities. Both could also be problematic in China. All this came after the Chinese regime barred two executives of foreign companies from leaving the country. One is a senior executive at U.S. risk advisory firm Kroll. The other is a senior investment banker at Japanese firm Nomura. Washington, giving the green light to a new proposal. Two major South Korean chip-making firms will be allowed to send American-made equipment to their China plants. That's to allow the world's two biggest memory chip makers to operate in the world's biggest chip arena in the long term. Samsung and SK Hynix are exempt from a license requirement by Washington. It restricts American-made microchip technology from flowing into China. According to South Korea's presidential office, the decision is already in effect. Samsung and SK Hynix are ranked as two of the world's largest chip makers. The companies have invested billions of dollars in their semiconductor facilities in China. Coming up, shots fired in the Middle East. A deafening explosion inside Israel sent one of Washington's biggest allies into an all-out war. Over the weekend, terrorists launched a surprise attack on Israeli soil. As the death toll continues to climb, China is calling for a ceasefire while reiterating its support for Palestine, where the terrorist organization is based. What's China's stake in the region? And is Beijing going to draft a peace deal? To discuss, we have Brandon Weikert, a geopolitical analyst and senior editor for 1945.com. More on that after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Tensions are escalating in the Middle East. America's biggest ally is vowing to fight back after Palestine-based terrorists launched a surprise attack on Israeli soil. How does this conflict shape Beijing's influence in the region? And can the U.S. handle another war if China invades Taiwan? We sat down with Brandon Weikert, a geopolitical analyst and senior editor for 1945.com, for more. Brandon Weikert, thank you so much for joining us. Good to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Given what is unfolding in Israel, what is China's stake in all of this?
6: Well, I believe that China has certainly been uh, encouraging the worst excessive behavior from its uh, allies, not just in Iran, but also we've seen the last couple of years with Russia I think that the Iranian leadership was planning to make a big and bold move against their regional enemies like Israel and probably Saudi Arabia, and they thought they were going to need not just Russia backing them, but China. And I think that China is certainly benefiting not only from the chaos in the region, it distracts us from China. The greater the chaos, the closer Iran moves into the orbit of China, thereby enhancing China's power in the region.
0: And on that note, earlier this year, we saw Beijing broker a so-called peace deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia. What about what we're seeing happening in Israel now? Is Beijing gonna step in and broker a peace deal? Um, I think in
6: in Beijing's wildest dreams, maybe, but they're also trying to get in at the ground level with Saudi Arabia's budding tech sector, Silicon Wadi. Um, And they're also in China trying to gain access to Israel's high-tech sector. Um, that is a backdoor way for China to gain access to America's high-tech sector, which, of course, is increasingly being cut off to them by the ongoing tech war. Uh, and so one of the ways that I'm worried China's going to try to utilize the chaos in the Middle East to their advantage is they're going to basically offer to try to negotiate a deal at some point between Israel and, and the Iranian-backed uh, militants in exchange for Israel getting uh, giving access to Huawei and other Chinese firms who will in turn gain access through the backdoor to, to American high technology.
0: And expanding on that, what would China's or Beijing's in increasing influence in that region mean for the U.S.?
6: Well, first of all, it's another uh, you know blow to American power and prestige. Uh, the Middle East, since the 1940s, and definitely since the end of the Cold War, has long been viewed as another extension of American power. Um, we've been losing that region since 9-11, unfortunately, certainly since the, uh, the unceremonious end of Afghanistan's war. Um, and so now China's trying to
0: push back even more against the Americans in that region. And now, as we've mentioned, the Ukraine war is still ongoing. If war were to break out over Taiwan, can the U.S. actually handle three wars? Absolutely not.
6: And this is, I think, the real point of the war in Ukraine. We've basically blown through the bulk of whatever reserves we had. Our industrial base has been gutted for 40 years. We've been giving our industrial power to China. They now have it. Um, And now this situation with Iran and in the Middle East is going to further divert attention and whatever resources we have into that region. At that point, you have what's known as a window of opportunity if the Chinese ever invaded or blockaded Taiwan. The U.S. Navy deployed the largest aircraft carrier we have, the Gerald Ford, to the eastern Mediterranean to to respond to any threats coming out of uh, Gaza. Well, the, Hamas has already said they're not threatened and they are prepared to fire the same kind of anti-ship ballistic missiles that the Chinese have ready for American naval forces. It could be that Hamas is acting also as a proxy for China and might try to sink an American uh, aircraft carrier uh, as a proof of concept for China when China decides to finally go into Taiwan. So there's a lot of interconnections here that most of Washington's policymakers are simply not making.
0: And given all that is at stake here, what are the immediate steps the U.S. must take now? We have got to empower
6: Saudi Arabia and Israel to stand together to complete the deal that Trump began, bringing those two forces together to send them in a containment posture to stop Iranian power from running roughshod over the region. And as that goes on, that will allow for us to reposition and refocus more fully on preparing for the inevitable Chinese attack on Taiwan. Because as it stands, there is no way we're going to be able to handle that as we're dealing with Iran and dealing with the whole thing in Ukraine.
0: Brandon Weichert, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at ChinaInFocusNTD.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.